I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! Hello there, it's Obi-John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasting, and welcome to a brand new Nerd Alert. Joining me today, as always, uh, every day, he's my right-hand man. He's the man who keeps the nerd in the top nerd and tuning network. Please welcome the bridge, Commander Scott. So earlier this week, I found out something very interesting about Sydney, Australia. Oh, g'day, mate. Throw a shrimp on the bobby. Yeah, I don't I don't think you should ever do that again. Talk about Hugh Jackman. No, I just I don't know. That's not a knife. <laughs> uh no, back in uh there's a well there's a building in Sydney, Australia called the Queen Victoria building. The Sydney Opera House. No, not the Opera House. No. That, no, no. No, there's there's more than just the Opera House in uh, Australia. Are you sure now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole city. Mm. Um anyway. So the Queen Victoria building uh, was purchased by, well, leased by a Malaysian company in 1986, uh, uh, which they then proceeded to restore the building. The lease uh, was for 99 years, so the lease will be up in 2085. And interesting enough, I guess in honor of the restoration or whatever, Queen Elizabeth II wrote a letter to the residents of Sydney, Australia, in 1986. She is the only person who knows what was in the letter. The letter was sealed and delivered to the citizens, uh, uh, residents of Sydney, Australia, uh, with the accompanying instructions for Sydney's Lord Mayor. And those instructions were, on a suitable day to be selected by you in the year 2085 AD, would you please open this envelope and convey to the citizens of Sydney my message to them. And that letter now sits in a sealed vault on the top floor of the Queen Victoria building. No one knows what's in it. The, it's so so the Queen pulled a, a Doc Brown? Apparently. You know what it says? What? Be sure to drink your <laughs> oval tea. <team. laughs> A crummy commercial. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I found that interesting that she decided she had something she wanted to say in 99 years. Yeah, but she didn't want anybody to know. She wanted something to tell, to tell to the future residents of Sydney, Australia, a century hence. Hmm. We're just shy of. 
she was actually a Max Headroom the entire time. Uh, that's what we need. We need a Max Headroom version of Queen Elizabeth II. We need Sounds that. like some some terrifying nightmare fuel you find on Facebook thanks to AI art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to find AI art now, see if I can get it. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, while Scott's busy getting himself on a bunch of lists, <laughs> let me introduce the man who fills out this terrible trio, uh, our final co-host. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps via DeLorean. It's the Doc. This will be my last podcast, so... Uh... What? That's That, that was just, sudden? Yeah, just replace me. It's fine. You can. We don't want to replace you. We want you to be on the show. Where, where's this coming from? Are you, you mad at us? To... I'm not mad. Why would I be mad? I have nothing to be mad about. I have no reason to be upset about anything. Nothing at all. No reason to be upset at all. Okay, then. So you're not mad. So why are you leaving us? What, what happened? Did something else come along? Are you too busy? Bark, bark. I'm a dog. Bark. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> You're too busy to come on the show because you are a dog. Am I hearing you correctly? Excuse me. That was just rude. There's nothing else keeping you from being on this show. Nothing else you're busy doing. I want to make babies with her. Mm. I hope you mean your wife. Um, It's a whole different show. Oiling and lotioning, lotioning and oiling. That's what you're. Uh, you before guess, you got married, I would hope. I guess that could contribute to the baby making. I don't know. The you, oiling and lotioning. Whatever floats y'all's boat, I guess. I'm not here to judge. You know, but it's okay. I teach math, okay? Shockingly, yes. Yes, you do. Oh, he's. Uh, I think he's being a little estranged. He's being quite obtuse tonight. Don't get a cue with me. Oh, he's laughing now because it's math jokes. See, I I thought it was funny. He gets it, you know. What, what can I say? Okay, well, enough anyway. of that shenanigans. Let's move on. Oh. So this this week, uh, this is actually a, a listener-suggested episode. Um it was, it was suggested to us by friend of the show and former hall former hall monitor Travis himself, uh, a name he earned himself way back like two show titles ago uh, when he would keep us honest and call our mistakes. Like when certain hosts suggested certain composers should do music for movies, not realizing that composer had died like two years earlier. Who is this? For, one, for once, I don't mean Scott. It's a whole thing. Okay. We did a show a long time ago about like composers and and like movie composers and who who we like to see do certain stuff and I forget who it is but I nominated I, I named someone I was like oh man they'd be great doing this movie series or whatever and then Travis was like dude he died like two years ago I'm like oh I stand by what I said he'd still be great doing that yeah so it didn't say it wouldn't be you know challenging or difficult yeah, yeah. there's um, obviously so... obstacles to overcome. So that earned Travis the nickname of the, the hall monitor. But uh, he threw this one out this week. I thought it was a, a good idea for a topic and, and not uh, too far out of the the real world events uh, to be untimely. So we're talking about, in case you live under a rock, like certain co-hosts on this show do, uh, on February 1st of this year, 
Uh, Carl Weathers passed away, sadly, at age 76. Um, but uh, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to celebrate the the life through the career of Carl Weathers. Um, and, and what an interesting and long career he had. Um, let's start with the, some tidbits I learned just this week about his, his early life. Uh, so he attended the, sorry, San Diego State University, um, where he majored in theatrical arts. Not a huge surprise there for a guy who went into acting. Uh, what I didn't know and found surprising, he was a football player. He was a linebacker. Uh, he transferred in '68 on a scholarship, football scholarship. Uh, his first season with uh, San Diego State University, the team went 11 and 0. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, so he graduates, uh, and then he goes into professional football. He played two seasons with the Oakland Raiders. Um, he only played eight games during those two seasons, but dude played in the NFL. I did not know that about him. Uh, he retired from football in 1974, and that's where we're going to pick up, because uh, that's where we got to know him. Uh, now, before he jumped into movies uh, properly, he had a lot of guest roles and, and walk-on parts in, in movies and TV. Um, he was on Kung Fu. He was on The Six Million Dollar Man. He was on Good Times. Uh, he apparently has a cameo, or not a cameo, but a, 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 a some kind of role in Magnum Force. Uh, and he played a, 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 an MP in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which I'm going to have to go back and watch because I've never noticed that. Uh, but he's oh. credited, so he's got to be there somewhere. Um, but that brings us to, unless there's something else Scott wants to talk about, 1976, a little movie called Rocky. Yeah, but we should stick to his more well-known stuff. I don't think I've okay. seen that. Right. Yeah, 1978, Force 10 from Navarone. There you go. See, okay. now, we're, now we're cooking with gas. The Let me back up a bit. Everybody knows. Let's talk about the movie that put him on the map, and rightfully so. Again, 1976, he's cast as Apollo Creed in the movie Rocky, the little movie that could. Um, yeah. The little movie that could. It was a low-budget movie. No one really believed in the project. It, it took forever to get funding and a budget for it because Stallone insisted on him starring in it and not only just writing the screenplay. Uh, people liked the screenplay. They didn't like Stallone as the lead. Um, well, how but into that... Stallone is Rocky. I mean, he's Rocky. Everybody knows that. Well, we know that now. 1974, 75, different story. Just like Apollo uh, Creed. I mean, no one else could be Apollo Creed. Well, again... Uh, so he, he comes into this role. Uh, he was not the original choice. Of, uh, apparently there was a, some real life boxer. They were trying to sway to come do the movie and he passed. So he was kind of a last minute decision, uh, choice. Uh, and man, did they strike pay dirt with, with him. He, he, uh, Apollo doesn't get a lot in the first Rocky movie. Um, no, but, but when he's but, there, he steals the show. Oh yeah, absolutely. He, he oozes charisma. I mean, you, you get why this guy is the antithesis of, of Rocky Balboa. He's smooth. He's suave. He's well-dressed. He's well-spoken. He's put together nicely. Uh, and unlike Stallone at the time, Carl Weathers was fucking carved out of marble, man. 
Yeah, Stallone took a few movies to finally get to that level, but but Carl Weathers, again, coming from, from the world of professional football, he was a total package from day one. So, I'm sure even after leaving, you know, he was he was still keeping up his uh, his training regimen for the most part, you know, going to the gym, all that good stuff. All that healthy stuff you're supposed to do, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm told. I don't know either. <sighs> oh... But yeah, this uh, it 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 put him on the map. Uh, uh, it, like a lot of people in Rocky, it put yeah. him on the map. Well, I mean, so uh, I'm trying to think if if Rocky was the first thing I ever saw Carl Weathers in. I don't I don't know honestly. Chronologically, it is. I don't know yeah. if that's the thing I saw first. Yeah, I, exactly. Um, I'm I'm not sure. Um, and like, I mean, it took me way too long to realize that he had that this the Carl Weathers was the same guy from the Rocky movies as is in another movie later on this list. Um, I'll get to that. We'll get to that other movie, but uh, I don't know. It just it, it the way memory works. I just I just always remember Carl Weathers being there, and he's he's always one of those. You know, when he pops up in something, you're always like, oh, all right, Carl Weathers. That's awesome. But uh, oh, that's interesting. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, though. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, no. I, when it comes to Rocky, you know, I mean, personally, I think the the character of Apollo has gets more to do, obviously, in the second one than he does in the first one. Um, but uh, is it is it the end of the first one? Or is it the beginning of the second one? Because they, they kind of pick up right there. Today. I can never remember where it cuts off. Is it the end of the second, end of the first one, or the beginning of the second one, where Rocky wheels himself down to uh, uh, Apollo's room and he he asks him, basically, he just wants to know, did you know, did you give me your all? That, that's all he wants to know. Pretty sure it's the start of two. Is that the start of two? I'm pretty sure. I can never remember. So I'm pretty sure one ends with him there in the ring with Adrian. I, I, yeah, I think it might. I think it ends there. And then we it's in the, yeah, it's, it's two picks up with with uh, credits, opening credits. You get a little bit of a recap at the end of the first one. It starts with like the the ambulance taking them to the hospital, and uh, that scene plays out. Rocky comes to him in the hospital. Yeah, asking that. Um, but so we'll put a pin in Apollo Creed because we're not known with Apollo Creed. Uh, yeah. But I do want to talk about a, a movie that's probably sadly nowadays a lesser known role in the Carl Weathers Library. And I, I mentioned earlier as a joke, but Force 10 from Navarone, sequel to The Guns of Navarone from 1978. Uh, he plays the character of Weaver, who I think was the explosives expert, if I remember correctly. It's it's one of the great Hollywood men on a mission movies. I've never seen either of these movies. Really? Wow. No. What a pain to you for having both of them on Blu-ray. Because uh, uh, you. No, no. So... Oh. Cast. I'm looking at the cast now. Yeah, it, it was him and Harrison Ford and Robert Shaw. So Quint, Indiana Jones, and Apollo Creed walk yeah, and, into a movie. And and Jaws, right? Jaws. Yeah. Well, that not not swimming Jaws, but not James Bond Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. Well, you know, it was not a, not in water, so they they had to go with a different Jaws to exactly play, to play with Robert Shaw. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it's a it's a great Men on a Mission World War II movie. They're tasked with. Um, 
I forget what they're supposed to blow up in this movie. I don't think it's it. I think I've got this one, the first one, confused. But they're they're, they're tasked with blowing something up. Uh, it looks and, like it's and, a bridge. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're ducking Nazis and, and trying to you know scrounge up supplies. It has kind of an eighteen feel to it a little bit, which is, um, which is weird because on the uh, uh, well, it says they're on a on a raid to destroy a bridge, and the poster it looks like they're blowing up a dam to flood out the bridge because the poster is uh, there's a dam that's it looks like the, the I think that's their backup plan. Just exploding that. If something happens. It's been a while since I've watched it, but something happens, and their their first plan of directly blowing up the bridge doesn't work. So yeah, yeah, the end is them uh, trying to set the explosives and stuff for this dam. It's, uh... Anyway, if you've never seen it, give it a watch. It's if you like stuff, um... <sighs> you don't see movies like this much anymore. Really? No. Yeah. Again. Yeah. This whole yeah, this whole era. Well, I mean, keep in mind. You know, uh, this is the 1970s. So basically the 60s and 70s, you know, Hollywood was just mining or just going back to that well of World War II. It was just there. I mean, they had been there since well, the war ended. There was, hey, we got butt tons of stories now. Yeah, it was also a really nice, uh, easy stand-in for wanting to talk about Vietnam without mentioning Vietnam. Yeah. You could say Look at you, too. Kelly's Heroes. Man, Kelly's Heroes is a great movie. We're not here to talk about that today. Carl Weathers is not in that movie. He should be. He should have been. That would have been cool. But he's not. So can we do that? Can we can we tag in movies we would have liked to have seen Carl Weathers in? No, no. This is not oh. weatherization. <laughs> That's a different Carl we do that with. Um so uh, again, if you've never seen Force 10 from Navarone, give it a cool watch. Uh you don't need to have seen the guns of Navarone first. It's kind of a sequel and name only kind of thing. But um, then the next several movies were back to Apollo Creed. Rocky 2, 1979. Rocky 3, 1982. Rocky 4, 1985. So I'm just going to kind of conglomerately blob those together. And we're just going to talk about the character of Apollo Creed and the arc he goes on from 2, 3, and 4. So he starts 2. Uh, having gone through the match with Rocky and healed up from that. But more than anything, his ego has taken a, a, a hit. Because there's lots of people out there who think he lost that fight and he, Apollo Creed, was lucky to get through it. And that a bum like Rocky Balboa could put him on his ass calls into question. And then he he, that's his through line for two. Is he has a very hard time living in the shadow of that fight. You you see yeah. uh, between all three movies, or yeah, three movies, right? Because he's only in one, two, three, and four. Yeah, but he's only really at the beginning of four, right? Yeah, yeah. So his character arc is in one, two, and three. I I, I would argue still four. He's he, even though he's abruptly done away with in in, in four about you know, third of the way oh. in, he still has. It's still the the culmination of that arc, because in two, his his whole arc is he wants a rematch. He wants to prove to the world, you know, he did not take the first fight seriously. He expected Rocky yeah. to be a pushover. It was a fun yeah. little publicity stunt gone wrong. So yeah. second movie, he's gonna kill Rocky. 
Yeah, he's going to train. He's going to treat it like a fight. He's going to show the difference between you know a local no name you know fighter, local no name southpaw fighter from Philly, and and a real professional. You know, like, yeah. we're going to show you what the difference is here. Yeah. Uh, Rocky got lucky. He had that puncher's chance. Not going to happen again. Yeah. Speak, speaking of which, it's my favorite line from the first Rocky is when, when Apollo goes back to his corner and his trainer. <laughs> Is like like man, he doesn't know it's a show. He thinks it's a damn fight. <laughs> I love that line. It's just a great. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, and look, one of the great things about Rocky too, because in Rocky One, Apollo was again not really a fleshed out character. He's just kind of there. He's it's Rocky's movie. Apollo's in it. In two. By the time we get to that end fight, you as the audience are as sympathetic to Apollo as you are to Rocky. And the heavy lifting in two is finding a way to culminate that fight with both of them being able to walk away with their heads held high. Yeah. Because if Apollo creams Rocky, it's a kind of unsatisfying movie. If if Rocky creams Apollo, then that was also kind of anticlimactic. Like, how do you and they they come up with the the duel? They both go down. Yeah, yeah. They're both almost at the ten count, and and Apollo slips off the rope. Rock doesn't. Rock stands up, and he's the new heavyweight champion of the world. So you 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 found a way of of they both gave it their all. They both left everything in the ring. They gave it everything they had. And once again, you could kind of argue Rocky kind of lucked out. Well, but I mean, if if you're if you're looking at the, the the Rocky movies and the Rocky character from from the standpoint of inside the you know the movie, Rocky's not a great fighter. Man can just take a beating and, and stay and keep standing. That's, that's, that's his superpower. That's his superpower. It's, that's just it. You just exhaust yourself just punching punching him. <laughs> that's it. Um, but that allows the the ego to be healed and leading into 1982's Rocky 3, where we see kind of a role, a role reversal. We see Rocky is now sort of complacent. He's the champ, and then and, and you find out Mickey's kind of not been rigging fights, but has been, been booking opponents who are not necessarily up to snuff. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of keep Rocky propped as champion as long as he can, because Mickey understands this is your meal ticket. Keep this gravy train going as long as we can. Along comes Clubber Lang, Mr. T, who's hungry for the title the way Rocky's never been. And he, yeah. he soundly defeats him because, again, Rocky commits the same sins as Apollo Creed. He doesn't take the fight seriously. He doesn't really train for it. He treats it like a publicity stunt and gets his ass handed to him. Yeah, which which uh, Apollo pretty much just kind of laughs laughs at him for it, right? A little bit. She was, she was on the other foot now, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, I think this is the movie where, where Apollo is first introduced as a commentator for the Clubber Lang Rocky fight. Yes. Um, which is interesting. Um, but seeing Rocky go through the same thing he went through, we get this great sort of turn of the character of, of Apollo comes to Rocky to help him get back what he lost, which is the Eye of the Tiger. And Rocky's whole thing is like, look, for the first time in my life, I've got something to lose. Never had that before. Now I got a wife, I got a kid, I got money, I got cars, I got. This. 
I got something to lose now. I'm afraid. And that's Rocky's whole thing is he's afraid for the first time. And it's it's Apollo who has to come to him and be like, look, you got to put that aside. You got to be hungry for it again. You got to get that eye of the tiger. We have to go run down a beach in short <laughs> shorts and tank tops. In very short shorts. And then playfully splash water at each other in a not at all gay manly way. It's guy love. Yeah, he, he takes Rock out of his comfort zone. He takes him back to where he trained. Um, to is, is it Detroit? I I don't know. It's been so long since I've watched oh, yeah. like a series of Rock. Back to his gym with yeah, his back, trainers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Back to his and, his 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 neighborhood. Yeah, and tries to teach a white man rhythm. <laughs> yeah, because three. This is the one where we, we we lose Mickey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he, uh, Mickey has a heart attack like during right the, after the clubber fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they are good movies to a point. I, 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 I enjoy them. You know, I, the only one I really don't like is five. Yeah, exactly. No one. No. Um. Uh, but so in 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 three. The culmination of that is is Rocky uh, gets yeah, the Tiger back. He beats Clubber. He gets, takes his title back. He realizes he doesn't have to be ruled by fear anymore. And this whole time, Rocky keeps asking Apollo, what's in this for you? What's in this for you? He keeps saying, look, I'm going to ask you for a favor someday. Don't worry about it. Yeah. End of the movie. We find out what that favor is. Just the two of them. Alone. Oh. No one else. In a dark gym. With a ring, Apollo wants one more shot. Yeah, which we don't find out what happens on that. Well, we technically don't find out officially ever, but we get a hint of it in yeah. uh, Creed. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's the end shot of them about to strike, and they pause freeze frame that turns into an oil painting of the two, uh, which was a real oil painting that, that Stallone had that, found its way into the, the Creed movies in Rocky's restaurant. Um, but yeah, it, it, sorry, I lost where I was going with that for a second. Uh, but yeah, he, he said, you know, that last fight you won by like two seconds. Literally, you, you stood up faster than I did. That's yeah. hard for a man of my my caliber to live with. I got to know. Yeah, we, we, the only way to settle this, we got, we got to fight again. And I have one more fight. Yeah. Um, but then we jump to 1985, Rocky Four, where we see yeah. the end of Apollo Creed. Oh, yeah. Poor Apollo. So at this point, Apollo's got nothing to prove to anybody. He's he's retired. He's living the sweet life in his pool with the dogs, watching TV, as you do in the 80s when you're rich. Yep. Dog pool TV. Yep. Mm -hmm. You got the trifecta. What else do you need? Um, Maybe that was Rocky in the night. Anyway, uh, apparently in the '80s you also needed like a whole desk full of cocaine. I guess. Was... Yeah, yeah, it goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's step number one. <laughs> uh, you introduce the the new bad guy Ivan Drago, who's the hotshot Russian boxer in the states, looking to make a name for himself, and nobody really wants to touch this guy. But Apollo was kind of at that age where, look, he's probably 
as far as a fighter goes, past his prime. But he still feels like he's got something in the tank. Nobody wants to fight him, though, because there's there's no gain to it for most people. Best case scenario, I put down a champ who's past his prime. What does that do for me? But I have a Drago. Hey, that's a name. I can I can prove myself if I can put down a Paul Creek. So they book the match. And Rock from this, you know, it's kind of a flip. You know, Apollo's in the fight. Rocky's kind of training him. And and Apollo, again, kind of gets caught up in the glitz and glamour of, of, of having his name in the spotlight again. Makes the grandest entrance in the history of boxing match entrances, complete with James Brown, <laughs> uh, living in America. Uh, comes in with the, the hat and wear like his George Washington. Uh, just one of the greatest hanging up for the camera entrances you've ever seen in the history of cinema. Again, that's apparently where his attention went to because he gets in the ring with Ivan Drago and Ivan Drago didn't come to play. Nope. Paul's having fun, you know, the fireworks and the glitter and the, you know, he's got the, it's, yeah, that's it's not what Drago's here to do. Sadly, like Drago says, if he dies, he dies. And, and he did dies. He dies. Yeah. Spoilers. For a yeah. almost 40-year-old movie. I haven't made it to Rocky IV yet. Uh, and it's very sad. Uh, it's a character who was who had become just as much a part of the Rocky franchise as Rocky or Adrian or Polly. Uh, he's the most malleable character, I think, in that franchise. Rocky is always kind of Rocky. Uh, Polly is always Polly. Adrian kind of has a bit of a growth as a, as a character through the first couple movies. Um, doesn't do much in four. I think Apollo Creed, other than Rocky, has has the most complete story arc. Uh, and his death is a tragedy. It's really sad to see him go. Okay, he gets he gets avenged. Mm. He does. Yes, and then Rocky goes on to solve the Cold War. Yes, he does very much so. You know, because he gives that great speech. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end, eyes of- can change, and news can change. Yeah, and news can all change. And if I thought about it, I'd have, I'd have pulled out uh, 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 when uh, when our old friend Martha Gildner reproduced that. that <laughs> she did a great job with that. That would be great. I would have loved to have had that. In, in that segment that, that uh, we used to have way back when, Mar- Martha quotes the classics. We should bring that back. That was a fun skit. And we'll have to give Martha a call and see if she's still up to it and stuff. I'm looking at... Uh, 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 Carl Weathers, of course, I'm, you know, going, we're going through the IMDb here as we're just to, just so I can keep on track and stuff. And apparently, uh, it looks like the, the year after Rocky four, he had a very short lived television series called fortune Dane. I've never seen it. It only went six episodes, but the reason I bring it up is because, uh, on the poster, I guess for it, he's billed as Carl. Rocky Weathers. <laughs> Carl Rocky in quotes Weathers is Fortune Dane. Not Carl Apollo Weathers. Nope. Carl Rocky. Nope. Rocky Weathers. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. Hey, you know, he's in the Rocky. Well, look, 
Carl Weathers wasn't super pumped to have his his namesake character Rocky. I mean Apollo <laughs> killed off in in Rocky Four. Uh, but it's kind of a balm. It's kind of a piece olive or piece branch. Uh, one of the producers, Joel Silver, said, "Hey, I got this part coming up in a movie we're about to shoot. Um, I think you'd be great for it. If you take the hit on Rocky, they put you in this big movie." Uh, it's got a big up-and-coming action star, some guy from Austria named Schwarzenegger. Don't try to spell it. Mm-hmm. That little movie that was shot in the South American jungle was just like a shot of pure testosterone in the 1980s. Talking about, of course, his role as Dylan, the CIA agent in Predator. Uh. Yeah. One of the greatest sci-fi action movies ever made from John McTiernan, the guy who made Die Hard, uh, directing uh, a concept that married uh, uh, Deadliest Game with Aliens a little bit. Um, It's one of those great genre turn movies where the first 45 minutes just feels like a uh, Schwarzenegger action movie. You know, commandos in the jungle taking out gorillas and explosions and some of the most glorious uh, heavy firepower ever put on cinemata on, on celluloid. Uh, and then about uh, 45-ish minutes in the movie, I mean, there's little little teases throughout, but it just kind of turns hard into sci-fi. Not quite as hard as, like, From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, <laughs> Nothing but, hard. Yeah. That's a hard turn. That's a hard left turn. Um, but in the movie, he has kind of a thankless role. He's introduced as an old buddy of uh, Schwarzenegger's character, Dutch, yeah. uh, that they served together back in the day. And Dylan has now gone into the CIA and in a scene that has been immortalized and should be because it is the manliest handshake in the history of the world you see when they first see each other again just big meaty arms locking grips and flexing and having a mid-air arm wrestle whilst giving him uh, a Stallone or, or Schwarzenegger giving him shit for wearing a tie <laughs> what's the tie business it's, fuck my tie so they start out as good old buddies, and uh, we learned in the helicopter that you know him and him and Dutch served together, and they're, they're old friends. And we were told that yeah, there's some some good people who got taken by some bad people and about to have some bad stuff done. And Arnold and your boys, including you know Jesse, the body of Ventura, you got to go rescue him. And at first, Carl Weathers is playing it up. He's, he's every bit the again that that charm of Apollo Creed right there. You want to like this guy. And then we get a bit of a heel turn when we find out that uh, the reason they're there might not quite be the whole truth or the truth at all. Because Dylan was lying. Dylan cooked up the whole story and dropped the six of them in like a meat grinder. Hey, it was need to know. And they it, didn't. They didn't need to know. You know, I mean, does the worm need to know it's on a hook? No. Yeah. <sighs> The key point, and this is where Dylan really screws up, 
is he went into the water with the worm, which makes no sense. But, you know, you stand by with the net out of the water. Is that what he did? He 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 done uh, you know it's 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 like that classic quote you know you done messed up AA Ron <laughs> yep that old classic uh, I believe it was the bard himself who said that yeah yeah I want that on a t shirt now you done messed up AA Ron William Shakespeare I want that okay. Uh, I like to point out that like Joe Bob Brace once said, no one can actually quote Shakespeare. You can only quote characters from Shakespeare. Uh, anyway. So, so yeah, you, you get uh, you get the, the turn of, hey, you made up the whole story and lied to us the whole time, and that, that veneer kind of starts to wear thin a bit as shit really starts to hit the fan, and he's, he's kind of the naysayer because uh, he's the outsider. He's not part of, of Arnold's team. He's, he's a guy that doesn't quite fit in. Um, and this, this betrayal doesn't help any. And then, you know, they, they want to hoof it out of there and get out. And he's like, no, we got to take this girl with us because she might know something. It's like, really? You want us to haul this, this girl through the hole? Okay, fine, sure. Sure, Dylan, sure. But you're watching her. You know, he's, he's kind of a nag. But he gets a decent redemption before the end. Uh, as he points out to... Uh, to uh, Bill Duke's character, hey, look, this guy, because I don't know it's the Predator yet, killed some friends of mine, too. I'm itching for revenge as well. So while Bill Duke thinks he has him cornered, Dutch moves around with dual MP5 submachine guns to go take this guy out. And it doesn't work out very well for Connor Weathers, but we get a badass shot of even though he got his arm blown off by a plasma caster, he still turns and fires his weapon with his one good arm because God gave him two. And the screenwriter gave him two submachine guns. So he was covered. Yeah. He has two guns. One for each of you. Yeah, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to keep misquoting stuff. Because as much as I enjoy Predator and I've seen Predator, it's been so many years since I've watched Predator. I don't actually remember any of this. But we, we watched it at Danny's like two years ago. We watched all of them. Yeah. See, I don't I don't even remember that. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Maybe Scott I, does remember something on the list eventually. Not a not a lot. Uh, I've, I've, be I can't help it. I mean, I've never seen the next one at all. You just recently watched this one. You've never seen Action Jackson I from nineteen eighty eight? I have never seen Action Jackson. Well, you spoiled my joke because I just saw it last night. Oh, sorry. I didn't it's mean okay. to step. I've been a fan of this movie since 24 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, again, Travis, who recommended the episode, said, hey, especially check out Action Jackson. And as Travis pointed out, he's correct. This was kind of... Carl Weathers at that point had been around long enough. He'd been kind of a known quantity in, in Hollywood, and, and and somebody finally took a chance on giving him a leading role in a movie. He's not the sidekick. He's not the backup guy. He's not a supporting actor. Let's make him the star. And they put together this movie. I guess the script has been, been kicking around for a while. That is an odd tone. Uh, allegedly, it's supposed to be a throwback to the black exploitation movies of the 70s like a shaft kind of a kind of 
Thing but going. the tone is more 80s action comedy. Like, it never takes itself seriously for more than one scene at a time, maybe. Okay. Uh, it does does feature Craig T. Nelson, yes, Coach himself, as the lead villain. Now, this might be uh, more my circumstance than other people's, but I will always default Craig T. Nelson to Coach. Eh. So I find it a little hard to believe Coach, uh, no matter how many training scenes you give me, is going to take on Carl Weathers in hand-to-hand kung fu combat inside of his mansion. Uh, Craig T. Nelson plays the evil white businessman who is up to evil business. That's never really quite explained, but it's something to do with cars and Detroit and business and bad guy. Uh, and he's killing off, yeah, he's, he's he's killing off competitors because reasons. And there's a whole history between him and, and Jackson, uh, Jericho Jackson, aka Action Jackson, uh, who was a lieutenant, but. Then he tried to bring down Craig T. Nelson, who has a character name, but I forget what it is. Um, and, and it didn't go very well, and, and Jackson got busted back down to Sergeant. He's been oh. riding the desk for two years. This whole movie feels like I missed a movie. <laughs> there is so much exposition that doesn't really ever come back into play. Uh, apparently, prior to this happening, uh, Jackson put away Craig T. Nelson's son because he was like a weird, creepy, serial killer, rapist guy. We don't see any of this. We're just told this through clunky exposition. So I kept waiting for, okay, at some point, the son's going to come back, right? Like he got broken out of prison or like he never went to prison and dad bailed him out or no, you never see the son. No, he's not in the movie at all. Just backstory for why these two don't like each other. Okay. And then there's this whole thing about uh, Jackson having their, you know, he got busted down to sergeant. He's been riding a desk. They won't even let him carry a gun. What? Okay. Don't worry, though, because literally at the ass end of the movie, like maybe 10 seconds before the credits roll, we get the, way to go, lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yeah, I said it. He's a lieutenant again for reasons. He doesn't arrest anybody. He doesn't really expose Craig P. Nelson for being a bad guy. Just stuff happens at the end of the movie, and he ends up driving a car through a mansion, and they get into a kung fu fight, and Sharon Stone's in there. She's Craig T. Nelson's wife, who I thought would have had a much bigger role in being it was supposed to be a black exploitation thing. I would have bet money there was going to be a love scene between Jackson and Sharon Stone because it is the most black exploitation thing ever to have your badass, suave, black detective cucking the evil white guy. That doesn't happen. Um, I... it's just, it, yeah, it feels like they had a lot of cool ideas. And rather than trying to build a series, they just threw them all into one movie. But it has a really great who's who cast of 1980s character actors. Um, I'm looking at the the, the poster here for it, and <laughs> looks like Black James Bond, right? It looks like Black James Bond. That's, that's exactly the, what they were going for. Yeah, with that cover. Not, not, not uh, uh, busted. You know, police lieutenant now grizzled sergeant in disgrace that apparently he's still on the force, but he's not allowed to carry a weapon because reasons. Reasons. Uh, 
Yeah, like this this poster conveys none of that. Now, look, I will say this. He does indeed at one point sport that tuxedo. So it's not just, you know, it's not that they just did that for the cover art and it doesn't come into play at all. That does legit happen in the movie. <laughs> okay, I guess. So, yeah, it's not a complete fabrication out of nowhere. Okay, I'll have to take your word for it. I, I, once again, I've never seen it. I don't know. You got me. I'm sorry. I, I don't no. know what else. I don't know what other insights I can glean here. No, you're fine. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the uh, Fred Rennick. So, in addition to Craig T. Nelson and Carl Weathers, we have and Sharon Stone who plays the wife. We have Tom Win- uh, uh Yeah, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Plays one of the officers. Uh, you, you probably better know Tom Wilson as uh, uh, Biff from Back to the Future. Bill Duke, his Predator co-star, plays the captain. Robert Davi, who you know as uh, one of the Scapellis from Goonies, is is a brief role as a informant slash old buddy. Uh, Mary Ellen Trainer, who you know as um, the department psychologist who doesn't like rigs from Lethal Weapon, uh, and the mom from Goonies uh, is, is a secretary in one random ass scene at the beginning. Uh, with with <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, it's a who's who of oh, it's so and so actors from other <laughs> '80s movies. Oh, I've seen him. I've seen yeah. her. Um, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I'll give it that. I, I will. I will have to watch it. Um, because I, I don't know, going back and rewatching these old '80s action movies and shit. Just just gets my gets my hackles up, you know. Scenes from like like scenes like in that one Schwarzenegger movie where the bad guys he's driving into the quarry, you know, the bad guys are shooting at him and missing him. He's driving a car, shooting from the hip and hitting every single one of them. Shit like that. Ooh, that's raw deal you're talking about, sir. I'll have to take your word for it. That's really the only thing I remember about that. Movie. Is that scene? Because it pissed you off that much. Because it pissed me off that much. Uh, well, he then moved to back to the small screen, uh, and I had forgotten about this. Um, I had to look this up. Scott, a show you and I are both fans of from the in the nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety season of Tour of Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays Colonel Brewster. I believe I remember seeing the episodes of, of him in Tour of Duty. Tour of Duty is a highly underrated series. Yes. Uh, but that was in the was that in the second season when he comes in? Because well, the captain gets killed at the end of the first season. Spoilers. They, do they bring him in in the second season? Or is he... Cause he's it's a either current. two or three. Uh, Might have been the third season. Maybe it was the end of the second season. It's <clears throat> killed. Anyway, I don't know. Great show. It follows a, a squad of guys through the Vietnam War. Uh, a lot of great character actors. Um, sort of, sort of platoonish, uh, but without all the heavy morality stuff. Yeah, it, um, it's basically platoon was you know platoon was 
very popular. This is basically Platoon, the, the TV series, is what it's supposed to be. The pilot feels that way. The show finds its own legs and lets the characters be their own thing as it goes on. But uh, if you've never seen it, give it a look. Yeah, it's uh, it's season three, episode three is when yeah. Trump Rooster comes in because the, the 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 platoon gets transferred. To a yeah, in season three they become the the uh, is it a LERP team? Uh, it's a counterinsurgency team. Okay, because the cast kind of dwindled down. Yeah, they 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 dwindled the cast to a smaller group. Basically, they were just more of a squad. Yeah. Than than anything. A full platoon. That was, yeah, and. Uh, uh, they 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 get transferred there. They start using them to uh, 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 conduct unconventional warfare missions. They became the A team of the Vietnam. Yeah. Wait. Wait. Wait a minute. Right. Strike that. <laughs> uh, keeping with television, something I had no idea he was in, uh, but I know Scott is a huge fan of this show. In the movie it's based on, uh, he was in the in the Heat of the Night TV series based on the in the, the movie in the Heat of the Night. He started in twenty eight episodes as Hampton Forbes. So Scott, tell us all about that. So there is a TV show called In the Heat of the Night, which is based off of a movie called In the Heat of the Night, which is oh, about wow. this small town with a sheriff and a detective, and they do sheriffy detective things. And uh, mm-hmm. Carl Weathers was in it. Thank you, Scott. That was insightful. Hey, uh, you know, I do what I can. I wrote this down because, first of all, I never realized Carl Weathers was in this show. Uh, So first, it's like, "Mm, did IMDb mess up? Because my IMDb kept showing me the the wrong poster with a movie title. Um, So it's a little glitchy. But I wrote it down. I was like, oh, I remember Scott talking about that. I think Scott was a fan of that. Maybe maybe he forgot about that. I I can pull a, you know, Nugget out for him, and then then Scott was just like, "Yeah, no, I've never watched that." It's like, well, well, shit. Yeah, I I saw episodes here and there, uh, and I liked the movie because you know the movie has uh, Sydney Poitier. Poitier, and you know, it's, you know, good. Uh, I never cared too much for the for the show, though. Speaking of Carl Weathers' television in the nineties, I was I was looking at uh, uh, some of his his information, and I didn't know this, but apparently. Uh, I guess in 93, he auditioned and he was on the short list to play uh, Commander Benjamin Sisko in uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. What a world we would have been in. Exactly. Had uh, Carl Weathers been playing uh, a Star Trek captain. Or I can't see. I, I'm curious how Sisko. I can't see Carl Weathers playing the same Sisko. Oh, he wouldn't be. It'd be a totally different Sisko. Because, first of all, he wouldn't... And, and I mean, you know, uh, Avery Brooks has that hard edge that he, he he can be friendly and open. But he has that hard edge to him that Carl Weathers really doesn't have. He has the charisma that he, always, that he turns to a, in a lot of stuff. And, uh, uh, yeah, so he would have been a much more charismatic uh, character, I believe. Would have been interesting. If only interdimensional cable was real. We could go find out. All right, then. That brings us to a storied year, a role that seems a bit out of place, looking at his filmography leading up to it. Um, not the first thing I saw him in, but one of the first, like, first-run movies. Like All the other stuff on this list came out before I was born. 
uh, or or when I was too young to to watch movies. But in 1996, a young SNL comedian by the name of Adam Sandler was hot on his second movie, Happy Gilmore, in which he plays a hockey player turned golfer trained by the guy you want to train you in whatever sport you're learning, whether it's boxing, golf, whatever. Uh, Carl Weathers plays Chubbs, the former golf pro who lost a hand to a crocodile and had to become a golf instructor who finds Happy and the two of them turn the golf world upside down on his head. Briefly. Yeah, now, this one, I, I love him in this movie. I love this movie. It's lighthearted. It's fun. Oh, excuse me. Um, the uh, 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 what is it? The uh, not not comeuppance, but the justice, the revenge that his character gets at the end. What well, for him? Because his character. Ah, okay. Then you got the reunion. The the fact that he gets to come back as a force ghost. Yeah, so poor Chubbs. Poor Chubbs. Happy. So he tells them back up. So if you've never seen the movie, Chubbs loses his hand to a crocodile while on tour as a golfer. His, his ball goes into a water hole and he goes to grab it. A croc grabs his hand, you know, all like Captain Hook. But don't worry, because Chubbs took an eye and he holds up a glass with an alligator eye in it that he just carries around with him. Uh, like Bill do. Murray and What About Bob <laughs> with the goldfish on the chain. Anyway, so later in the movie, Happy is on he's, he's on the upswing, pun intended, um, doing lots of tours. He's in, I guess, the same golf course and comes across a gator whose his ball lands directly in the gator's mouth. And Happy decides to try to reach in to grab the ball. But the gator snaps his jaws shut too swig and, and, and Happy notices, oh, one eye. You're the one that got chubs. And then the second best fight scene of the movie. <laughs> yep. He leaps in and starts pummeling the alligator like it's a hockey fight. And we then cut to later in Happy's apartment where he talks, he's talking to Chubbs and he wants to present Chubbs. Look, man, I got that thing. I got that fucker for you. And he lifts up, you know, Chubbs lifts up in the case that has the gator's preserved head. <laughs> Gets PTSD, flips out, backs up, and falls out a window. It's a wonderful death. It's a brilliant death. It's one of the one of the best movie deaths ever. Love it. But like Scott said, he does get to come back at the end of the movie as a golf force ghost. Yes, he's a golf force ghost. Was it is it with, with grandma and the gator? Yes, grandma and okay. the gator. Yeah, he made friends with the gator in the afterlife, apparently. They yeah. They were good friends. They had a lot in common. Uh, look, this 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 movie is great if for no other reason than like Carl Weathers has been in movies that have comedic moments. Like Action Jackson has some comedic moments, but this is the first time that I can see of of him just getting to do a flat out comedy, and and he is as quirky and out there and bizarre as anything else in the movie is. Like he's not the straight man. He is as crazy and bizarre and goofy as the rest of the characters in this movie. And he just hams it up, has a great time. 
he is one of uh, alongside Caddyshack. This is like the most infinitely quotable golf movie ever. You take the right people golfing and they're going to start quoting Caddyshack in this movie. Because I don't know if you know this, but anytime someone's putting, it is just proper procedure to say, it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. Just easing the tension, baby. Just easing the tension. Really? I would have thought it would you would go to the uh, the Caddyshack. Nah, 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 nah. That comes out too, but nah, 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 nah. it's all in the hips. Just using the tension, uh, maybe. No, it's like it, it's a great role. He's he's I, he looks like he's just having a blast, hamming it up, playing this ridiculous character. Oh. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people in our generation. Uh, they they might know Predator, but they absolutely know Happy Gilmore. Uh, saw a lot of people rewatching that last week. Yeah, I do like that movie. It's a fun movie. Um, the end with the oh, and Jaws is in that too. Yes, he is. Yeah. Hmm. Now, how many? Oh, good for you. Know? You can count, and you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. Ooh. I wonder how many more movies he and Jaws are in together. Not enough is the answer, sir. Not enough. Oh, well. Anything else to say? Uh, for this? No. Okay. We, we covered the, right. the portion of it. I'm going to move on to a very obscure title in his filmography. One of those... Oh my God, I forgot about that. But as soon as I saw the image, it was like core childhood memory unlocked. Yeah. I could hear, I could, I could hear the Zelda uh, opening up a treasure chest music. Yeah. Scott, did you ever watch either, because there were two of them, of the TV movies on TNT, direct to cable, Shadow Warriors? No. I've never even heard of this. Okay, imagine, sorry, imagine if you will. It's a bad, I can't do the, I can't do the movie guy voice. Imagine if you will, 1997, direct to TNT, starring Terry Hulk Hogan. Because this this was during his his Hollywood Hogan era where he was trying to be a, a movie actor more so than a wrestler. Uh, not starting well. <laughs> starting Terry Hulk Hogan, our boy Carl Weathers, and Shannon Tweed as ex Navy SEALs turned mercenaries. <laughs> Shadow Warriors uh, was released in 1997, uh, direct to TNT originally, and then had a limited theatrical run outside of the U.S where it was often retitled as Assault on Devil's Island. Oh, okay. So, like, literally, if you look at IMDb, the title says Assault on Devil's Island. And then you look at the poster, and it says Shadow Warriors 1. Yeah, it looks like the second was called Assault on Death Mountain. Yes, because it's definitely not called Shadow Warriors 2. Uh, also, the first one also has Martin Cove from Karate Kid. It has Trevor Goddard, who you might recognize as Kano from Mortal Kombat, or 
the Australian bad guy in any movie from the late eighties and early nineties. Oh no, uh, no, no. He played the, uh, he played the, the Australian lawyer in Jag. Sure. Uh, Billy Blanks, uh, Billy Drago. Um, it was, it was, it was not good, but as a kid who grew up watching muscle man action movies in the eighties, I loved this thing. And yes, in 1999, they got a sequel, uh, shadow warriors two, or as you might find it alternately titled assault on death mountain. Um, largely the same cast. This one had a bit more of a budget. They, they had more toys. But uh, Hulk and Shannon Tweed and Carl Weathers are back. Uh, Martin Cove is back. Uh, I'm trying to see if the second one had any other notable people. Because I barely remember. Here, here's what I remember most. Um, in the first movie, Hulk Hogan, his character, I'm sure he has a, a name, but he's Hulk Hogan. Uh, he's all into like this spiritual ninja martial arts stuff, and and Carl Weathers is not. Carl Weathers is give me a good old fashioned gun. Um, I don't I don't need this harness your chi karate chop shit. Give me give me give me a good old fashioned gun. So at one point in the movie, Carl Weathers gets to rock a minigun. Okay. Just like Arnold and Jesse Ventura, he gets to rock a minigun. And in the first one, it's I don't it's not the same one that they built for Predator that they used in T2. It's it's some other rig. It's a little unwieldy. But they call back to that in the second movie. Do you remember the movie Deep Impact, Scott? I remember Sorry, scratch that, scratch that. Deep Rising. Excuse okay. me. Okay. No, I don't remember Deep Rising. Okay. Damn Deep it. Rising. Greatest B movie, uh, greatest B monster movie, aliens ripoff ever made has Treat Williams. It was uh, Stephen Summers pre Mummy. Great movie, look it up. But in that movie, they had a fictional weapon called the M1L1 Chinese Triple Pulse Assault Rifle. These are the things my mind remembers. Ask okay. me my wife's social security number. I got nothing. What's the name of the fictional assault rifle from Dead Rising? Got it like that. <laughs> I messed okay. up. I messed up. Anyway. It was built around a submachine gun, but it had a shroud that had multiple barrels that would cycle. Now, the real barrel came through the middle. So in the movie, when they pulled the trigger, you see the barrels rotating in a big muzzle flash. And it looks like it's a miniaturized, scaled-down minigun. The reason I bring this up, because this is all I remember. In the sequel, they have a callback to Carl Weathers finally getting to use a big minigun in the first one by giving him this weapon recycled from, from Deep Rising. In the second movie, he gets the scaled down mini mini gun. These are the things my mind remembers. Hey, anytime you get to fire a mini gun and get a paycheck at the same time is it's a win win. And believe me, I'm immediately going to look up these movies when the show is done. Oh, yeah. If you thought Thunder in Paradise was bad, I was going to ask: Is this you're pre, right? But is this pre? Uh, this uh, is. Post Thunder in Paradise. This is post Thunder in Paradise. So Thunder in Paradise was, if I remember correctly, a couple of TV movies that then got spun off into a short-lived TV. Very I think short-lived. it was on maybe yes. two seasons, maybe. Oh, I don't think um, it, I think it made one season. Because <laughs> then they started cutting episodes together. To I think the third Thunder in Paradise movie is just like three episodes of the show cut together. Yeah, but that had uh, Jack Lemon. 
Jack Lemmon's son. I can't remember his real name. Zuntas, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't remember Jack Lemmon being in the. In, in, it, it was Jack Lemmon's son. Oh, okay. Probably like Paul Lemmon. Anyway, no, so, or Lemon. Uh, but Lemon Lime. No, Thunder in Paradise was the action show that's safe for all ages. It was like the A Team kind of thing, and and this this was a again, the movies were directed to, to TNT, but released internationally. At some point, it must have gotten a rating because IMDb has a list as rated R. I don't remember it being that violent, but I now have to find them and yeah. reassure myself. Uh, but that these were supposed to be like a harder edge kind of action movie for that you know '90s extreme kind of thing. Uh, it got a big bump from WCW because um, Hogan was on WCW at the time, the the Hollywood Hogan persona. But yeah, Shadow Warriors, one and two. Okay, I, I remember playing a video game called uh, the Shadow Warrior. I don't think there's any relation, and, and that was that was that was a really fun game. I'm gonna go out on a limb. There's no relation. Oh, I am I am super stopped up tonight. I'm sorry for the snot. It's all good. I can't breathe through my nose right now. It's, dude, welcome to my world. I get it. I'm, I'm uh, trying not to look at the cats, but yeah, that's what it is. Um, so then the next thing on my list, and stop me if I'm getting ahead of you. Um, we talked about in Happy Gilmore, Carl Weathers got to play up his comedic side in. 2004 he got a chance to play an interesting character on a interesting beloved short-lived comedy called arrested development where he plays the character of carl weathers i should he should have nailed it then I mean... carl weathers playing himself on arrested development for for four episodes um and man you see this a lot where celebrities play like a fictional version of themselves I don't know if you've ever seen Arrested Development, Scott. I've seen a few episodes. Carl Weathers is just like the hammiest. He has a whole conversation. Someone's made some meal and they've got like a, a, a bone from like a pork chop or something. They're about to throw it out. Throw it out. Carl Weathers is like, what are you doing, baby? You got to save that. Put this in some 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 water, some carrots, some celery. So you start talking about greens. Baby, you got yourself a stew. Like, it, he, he's like this penny pinching <laughs> like it's just it's the weirdest thing but it's like it's so great to see an actor like just not care about their ego or their reputation like you want to play myself but on this weird sure i'll do it <laughs> um yeah i believe the uh 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 direction that he got was we, we, we want you to nick cage this completely and utterly if you can Oh yeah, I've, I've I've seen a few episodes of Arrested Development. I never saw his episodes. That I don't think I got that far into the series. Ugh, excuse me. Uh, I I need to watch it again because I I really dug, um, uh, uh, what's his name, Jason Bateman being the straight man to all this, these these wacky, you know, kind of characters around him and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, uh, it gave me a little bit of a, a, a feel of, uh, oh, what's that movie with, uh, with the Royal Tenenbaums? It gave me a little bit of that feel to it. 
I can see that. Which I love the Royal Tenenbaums. I never watched the show when it was on. I watched it after it was off the air. Um, uh, Kemp was a big fan. Kemp did the Tobias Bluth um, when he he's wearing jean shorts because he's a never nude. He's never fully naked. He always has something on. It's always jean shorts. So Kemp walked around Dragon Con in jean shorts with a shaved head and blue body paint. Because on the show, sorry, Tobias Funk, not Bluth. Bluth is the rest of the family he married in. Tobias Funke. And as Kemp quoted, and I didn't get the reference at the time, which is Kemp being fucking weird. <laughs> Kemp comes out of the bathroom looking like a fucking Smurf about to go to the beach and goes, I blew myself. <laughs> like, the fuck did you do? Why is there blue all over the bathroom, Kemp? It's everywhere. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, I, I am I am so very, very sorry that I never got to go on a road trip anywhere with Kemp. No, you're not. <laughs> It's fun now that it's over and I've survived and I can tell the story. They're not that fun at the time, let me tell you. A Kemp stop is is only fun post surviving the Kemp stop. Uh, uh, but no, that's uh, again. It, it was a cool opportunity to see Carl Weathers play up his comedic side and play a just super crazy, exaggerated, wacky version of himself. Um, and anytime you see an actor playing themselves and they're they're there's no ego involved in it, you know. Think like uh, like like Brad Pitt's guest starring role in um, in Friends, where he's the the head of the the I Hate Rachel Club stuff like that. Like it's fun to see actors not be afraid to take the piss out of themselves. Um, so yeah. <sighs> yeah. I'm and then I jump. I'm sorry. I might have to give this another try. Go ahead. So then I jump, um, Simon, there's something you want to talk about before this. Um, 2013, but then again, properly in 2019, Carl Weathers played a character who I did not look, but I am pretty sure is named after himself. Uh, starring alongside such just icons of cinema as Buzz Lightyear in Woody the Cowboy. Toy Story of Fear, which is a short from uh, 2013, and then reprising the role in Toy Story 4, Carl Weathers as Combat Carl. The not-at-all-G.I. Joe ripoff. Uh, you see one of them in, in the first uh, uh, Toy Story of Fear, and then in Toy Story 4, there's like four or five different variations of Combat Carl. Yeah. All Carl Weathers. All Carl Weathers. All right. Uh, along with Duke Kaboom, voiced by Keanu Reeves, the Canadian version of Evil Knievel. Um, <coughs> sorry. Combat Carl doesn't have a huge role in the movie, but as a kid who grew up playing G.I. Joe uh, with you know, the, the, the real American hero figures, it always bugged me we never got a G.I. Joe somewhere in, in Annie's room. And we finally got one in Toy Story 4. Uh, and it's Carl freaking Herbert. And that's Carl freaking Weathers. I knew I was going to do that, son of a bitch. Sorry. Carl Weathers. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's uh, 
It's a kind of a Freudian slip, I think. It's my, I knew that was going to happen too. Damn it, uh, Scott! I know you've seen Toy Story four a million times. I have. <laughs> yeah, you watch it back to back with In the Heat of the Night, don't you? Uh, yeah, finish I, one, start the other, and just rotate through them. I, I'll be honest; I didn't even know there was a Toy Story four. Oh yeah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> they should have started uh, three. Yeah, because three is the one uh, with the prospector and everything, right? That's two. That's two. That's two. In case I probably haven't seen three then either. That's the last thing I remember. Three will break your heart. Well, then let's not watch it. But you have to. It's a hurt so good. I I don't think so. I I think we can we can we can not do that. Wait, Annie Potts voiced Bo Peep in four. Did she not voice Bo Peep in all of them? I don't know. That now that's what she had. That's that's my question now. Pretty sure she had. I'm gonna go take a look because I don't know. So these are things that my brain does not know. Oh. All right. Um, Does okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I thought she had. Anyway, so. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Carl Weathers, you know, I IMDb here and I haven't seen any of this. Like there's 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 TV series that I've watched, not all the episodes and I've never seen the ones that he's in of those, the movies. Like TV movie Alien Siege 2005, General Skyler. I've never seen. I never heard of it. Man is Man apparently was very prolific in shit I've never seen. He had that, again, that shine on him that uh, he could lend some credence and some credibility to a lot of projects. He was he was well known against, uh, <clears throat> or well known amongst you know action junkies like myself. Um, he could lend your your TV movie some. Some credibility, some street cred, as the kids call it. And I think street cred on a budget. Call Carl Weathers. <sighs> but brings us to our final entry that I have, which is sadly his last role. But man, what I wanted to go out on. Uh, entering a galaxy far, far away in The Mandalorian seasons one and two, we got nine glorious episodes featuring Carl Weathers as Grief Karga, who starts as a sort of shady bounty hunter supervisor, the guy handing out the bounties. You, you yeah. get the get that impression he used to do the job himself, and now he's worked up to management. Um, and over the course of that show, you see his character change and grow as much as the the, the planet and town of, of Navarro does around him. Uh, he, yeah. he starts, and again, he's he's kind of ne'er do well. Um, he ends up kind of backstabbing Mando at one point because there's a pretty big bounty on Mando's head and the child's head, um, and then has that change of heart and ends up. You know, 
helping out Mando, being one of his biggest allies. Same with the child. He has this great, like, I think in season two, where they first go back to Navarro, and 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 you know, Mando comes out and says hi, and, and he has this great like papa energy where he's like, yes. Where's the kid? I want to see the kid. Yeah, hey man, oh good to see you. Give me the baby. Uh <laughs> it's it's adorable. I love it. Um and and you see him, he's he goes from being again sort of a shady character to being kind of like the mayor of the town. Uh, by the time we 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 sadly end with his with his character, I guess I'm not, I have no idea what they'll do with the character now. Uh, but he's become the high magistrate, I believe is his official title yeah. of the planet Navarro. He's he's now fully on the other side of the coin. He's gone full legit. He is the mayor, CEO, whatever, all rolled into one. Uh, he's he's trying to expand the the town uh, and and bring it to more prosperity. He's making deals with Mandalorians because he can't get the New Republic out to defend him. <clears throat> um, Total 180 from, from the first time we meet the character, where you're not sure if you can trust him or not. Scott's just staring at an IMDb page. So Sorry, I'm looking at the pictures of him in, in Mandalorian, and for only nine episodes, this character had a lot of costume changes. Oh, yeah. He's got style. <laughs> I mean, and what, what's, what's really funny is Carl Weathers could probably just wear this stuff out in public and be you know completely no one would question it he'd just he'd just pull it off yeah oh yeah space apollo was fun <laughs> what space apollo was fun i guess i don't know that also signaled uh, in his later years, he had started to transition into directing. Uh, he directed two episodes of Mandalorian. I believe one in episode one, one or sorry, one in season one, one in season two. Um, and I would have loved to have seen more of that because his episodes were both pretty awesome. Which episodes did he direct? Uh, I don't remember the titles. The, the one where they find the, he asked Mando to help him take out this Imperial remnant base on navarro because it's like the last remaining faction of the empire on the planet it's where they find the cloning tanks um they uh, steal the uh, the imperial uh, apc getting a shootout with some tie fighters mando swoops in at the last minute to save him is that the one is that the one where mando jetpacks up to the tie fighter Mando, what? He jetpacks up to the TIE Fighter? No, that's the finale. That's the finale, okay. Ah, it's been a while since I've watched him. I haven't gone back and rewatched him. But uh, he fit very well in uh, uh, in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Well, that's just odd. Looking at a picture of, of his character, of him in, in Psych, and Apparently he has no facial hair at all. Like he's bald, he has no mustache, no beard, and it looks like his eyebrows are shaved off. Also, I don't know. He's very, very hairy. I never watched Psych. I, I didn't see his episodes, but yeah. Well, okay then. 
So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, Carl Weathers. I, I I did not see most of his uh, of of his stuff that he did. I loved him in Mando. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't do a lot in the first few episodes he's in. He's just there almost as exposition. But you know, he gets that great. Uh, whenever he comes back in the season one finale to help out, and uh, they they kind of win the town back and. Then you see what he does in season two and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, once again, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be in season three or not. Like, I don't know if they, if, if he finished shooting scenes for three before he passed. I don't know. They hadn't even started shooting. Oh, okay. Season three's done. Or season four, I mean. Yeah, season four hasn't even started shooting yet. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. Yeah, his, his famous roles are iconic. He's, he's one of these characters that. Or one of these actors that, you know, he's in a crap ton of stuff that you've never heard of before, probably. But his, you know, his known roles, they're all iconic. Like, everybody knows them. So it's either nobody's seen it or everybody's seen it. Weird. He doesn't have any in-betweens. Well, all right then. So, join us. Hold on. Uh-oh. I lost my drink. How do you lose it? Okay. Don't ask. So, join us, if you will. Raise your glass of whatever you've got on hand. And let's pour one out and have a toast to Action Jackson himself. Ladies and gentlemen, this one's for you, Carl. We'll miss you. I'll take a drink, but I'm not pouring it out. It's bourbon. Whatever your thing is. And with that... Uh, this has been your weekly nerd alert. Just easing the tension, baby. Just easing the tension. Scott, it's all in the hips. Also, Jason, what the hell? Are you going to chime in at all during this episode? Yeah. You've been a big help. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs>